the vision is to um, achieve and maintain excellence in terms of promoting college and career success. So we took that and we made that into the mission and the vision of the program. But in turn, instead of making that vision for a student, uh, we made the, the mission and the vision to, uh, to the parent program. Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that explores how we can help make an impact on our nation's highest growing student demographic, English language learners. I'm your host, Steve Sofronis. What unique challenges and opportunities do parent-driven mentor programs pose for EL students and their families? How can schools and districts create mission-aligned programs that support ongoing goals while offering new opportunities? What existing district programs and community partnerships can schools tap into to create a more robust and sustainable family outreach program? We discuss these questions and much more with Francisco Mesa and Elba Solis of Whittier Union High School District in Southern California. But before we get started with this week's episode, I just have two quick announcements. First, we've officially kicked off our new teacher shout-out feature. Many of you have heard these at the end of our last few episodes. Stay tuned to the end of this episode to hear a great message from Courtney about a teacher doing great things in the Northeast. To send out your shout-out, you can uh, simply record an audio file any way you want and email it to us. For more information, including how to record and submit, go to elevationeducation.com slash ellcommunity, and you'll see a link to the instructions on the homepage. The other quick reminder is that the Elevation Scholarship application period is coming to a close. You have until May 14th to let your students know about this great opportunity. So if you know an English learner or a former English learner who deserves a scholarship, check out our post. Again, that's at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community. We're so excited to begin choosing five uh, applicants to receive $2,000 scholarships. Now let's get to our conversation with Francisco Mesa and Elba Solis, who, with the help of other educators, parents, and community members in their district, have created a successful parent mentor program that helps families of English learners become more involved with helping the district achieve their goals while simultaneously providing them with valuable learning opportunities. As you'll hear in the interview, the program has provided great value for all who have been involved, and it is highly replicable in other districts who are trying to do similar things. Francisco and Elba stress a homegrown approach and one that is really accessible for anyone to take a look at. Enjoy the conversation, and thanks as always for listening to Highest Aspirations. Francisco Mesa and Elba Solis, welcome to Highest Aspirations. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us here. Absolutely. It's great to have both of you. Um, Francisco, you and I connected, boy, it's probably a month ago now. It doesn't seem like mm -hmm. it was that long ago. That's always the case because I had read an article about the parent mentor program that you have, and I was intrigued and you got back to me right away, which was great. We got Elba involved. So I'm really excited to chat with you about this because I'll say right away, I think that this is a very replicable system that you've created. And I think our listeners will uh, enjoy hearing about it. So Start off, uh, Francisco, by giving us a brief overview of the parent mentor program that you have. What needs were you trying to meet when it started and how has it evolved um, over time to continue to meet those needs? Well, I think that the biggest need that we had at the time was to uh, try to figure out how we can support our parents, specifically the parents of English learners. Um, these are students who are learning English as a second language and we needed to reach uh, out to them and find out what 
uh, needs they had in terms of distance learning and uh, being able to access uh, district resources remotely. So I think that's that was what uh, spearheaded the uh, the idea. And uh, once we met with the parents and we found out that uh, they did in need um, where um, really wanted support, uh, not just on how to access um, the remote uh, resources in terms of um, knowing how to do Zoom meetings or um, having a computer or a hotspot themselves, not just the students. Uh, so once we found that out and uh, we got them together, we asked for volunteers who wanted to be part of this journey with us. Uh, we had about 15 parents who uh, chose to be part of this uh, parent mentor group. And that's basically how we started, uh, by asking the parents and then the parents volunteering to be part of the uh, parent mentor programs uh, so that um, uh, as they were learning uh, new skills or they were becoming um, uh, more uh, used to um, using Zoom and technology, they not only were they interested in learning more, but they also were interested in um, sharing what they were learning with other parents. And that's where Elba and I came up with the idea of why, why not make these parent, parent mentors so that they can in turn share what they're learning with other parents and at the same time um, continue to learn themselves. Yeah, I love that. And you know, what strikes me about this, and I hear this all the time, is it starts when you ask parents what they need, right? And then not only do you hear what they need, but you hear how they can help and how they can support because they want to be part uh, of the system. Oftentimes, they need you need to make that connection, which I think is is amazing. Um, and you know, you you mentioned also as many as many people have. There's been kind of a spotlight. You didn't mention this, but I'm mentioning it. There's a spotlight sort of shown on on family engagement now and the importance of it. And so what you mentioned was, you know, we needed to get parents on board as to how to find resources and Zoom and things like that. But it sounds like it's become a lot more than that. And we'll talk about that a little later, like the future of sure. this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I know, you know, from our previous conversation, we talked a long time and I kind of wish we recorded that conversation because and I'm sure you'll say everything that you said then, but it was a really rich conversation. And you said... Um, that uh, you believe strongly in grassroots approaches um, to long-term success of new initiatives. And as somebody who spent a long time in the classroom, I completely get that, right? You have to leverage the resources that you have. And again, that is also something that is replicable. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit um, with us, Francisco, about how um, the Parent Mentor Program aligns with that belief. Obviously, you're using parents who are resources, but talk more about that. Well, one of the first things that we discussed, Elba and I, was to uh, try to reach the parents where they're at, right? And we didn't want to create anything new. Um, we didn't want to change too much uh, because uh, people, it, it, change and new things uh, sometimes overwhelms uh, people, especially during a pandemic when people were already having to change and adapt to so much. Yeah. So uh, we decided that we wanted to make sure that this was something that that we could improve. So we took parent meetings. All schools and all districts are mandated to have parent meetings uh, and to provide uh, information and resources to their parents. So we took that idea or that compliance. Uh, item that we have by the federal or the state governments. And we just tweaked it a little bit. So uh, we decided that we have meetings and we have workshops and we have trainings, 
but this program targeted a specific group of parent volunteers who not only wanted to learn new skills in, uh, not only did they want to learn how to use specific technology devices, but they also had the desire to share what they were learning with other parents. And that's how this grassroots uh, program evolved. It was an idea of parents teaching other parents, which came from the parents themselves. They actually were the ones who told us, wouldn't it be nice for other parents to learn when we're learning? And that's when Elba and I thought, well, we have this existing structure. We are already training them to tap into the resource and, and maximize what we have. Why don't we, if they are uh, willing to do this, train them so they can become mentors to other parents? What a concept, taking like a compliance thing that many people are looking at as checking a box, right? We know mm -hmm. that. I mean, as important as they are, people are busy and you have to do them, in this case, the parent meetings, and creating something that has more value out of them. So you're not doing something completely new. It's not like I'm going to put this extra thing on your plate. It's fitting something into something that already exists, but making it more robust. Um, that and keeping it simple, right? Uh, making something that is simple to implement. And then Elba and I were very, very conscious when we were designing this, that it, it needed to be replicable because we want, we knew that if, if that we were onto something that other districts could use to, to then reach, uh, reach to their, to their, to their, to their families and to their parents. The other thing that we did is we aligned because we wanted to make sure that we had support from all stakeholders, mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. the board members to the superintendent, the associate superintendents, and then of course the parents. So we actually aligned the mission of what we were trying to do and the vision of what we were doing with the district's vision. The mission of our district is to do whatever it takes um, to help students succeed in college and in, the, in their future careers. And at the same time, uh, close the achievement gap of our English learners. Uh, the vision is to um, achieve and maintain excellence in terms of promoting college and career success. So we took that and we made that into the mission and the vision of the program. But in turn, instead of making that vision for a student, uh, we made the, the mission and the vision to, um, to the parent program. That's great. I'm not going to try to repeat what you just said, but I'd recommend that folks kind of go back 30 seconds or so, because I just <laughs> love the idea of vision, mission, aligning everything to that. And then again, like I know I said it before, but the compliance piece, you have something already mm -hmm. in place that you have mm -hmm. to do, but it has to be aligned, right? And you have to get everybody on board. And Elba, I'd it, love it, for you to, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, it's, yeah. it's, the other thing is that uh, as you are aligning the, the mission and the vision of the program to the mission and the vision of the district, it aligns to the state plan that is mandated by the state, right? It's the, in, in California, it's a local control accountability program, the LCAP. Mm -hmm. So once you align it, not only do you have the buy-in and the commitment of the board and the parents and the superintendent, now you also are able to tap into funding, which Districts uh, that are listening might be interested in finding out how do you fund this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a key component to the program is the support that we get through Elba Solis, our district um, um, categorical program counselor. Without her, she's a key component to the program. Without her, we could not make this happen. Because uh, as, a, as a director of the district for categorical programs, I would not have the time that it takes to to take 
the 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 parent mentors through the curriculum that what that we put together. So it's really important to align um, the program to the vision and the mission of the district. So then you can tap into the resources, the financial resources that you're going to need to put something like this together. Right. Yeah, that collaborative effort and that sort of, but it's, it's interesting how it starts. It, it's not really top down. It's, it seems like it's bottom up. Like you have a need for the parents and then you kind of figure out how it's going to work. And you just walked through from the parents communication to the district, to the, to the state and how that all um, works together. And thank you for mentioning that funding piece. That's important. So Alba, I, I want to bring you into the conversation to talk about you know, Francisco talked a lot about parents. He alluded to the the, the partnerships uh, that that he has with members of the district and even the community. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more, though, about how you're tapping into those existing research, uh, re, not research, resources, uh, the expertise of teachers, parents, and community organizations. You know, so as Francisco said, you weren't starting from scratch or reinventing the wheel. Of course. Um. So I, I we actually do believe that a lot of our success comes from. Um, our belief in terms of the uh, parent and district collaborative efforts that are supposed to be there in order for our students to be a lot more successful. Um, so we believe we have to work collaboratively. And I think that's a vision that we have for everyone who works at our district. Um, so that has made it very easy to tap into the existing resources. Um, it doesn't, um, uh, we don't have to spend additional funds to create the program or anything like that. So what we did is we just asked the parents, what kind of resources are important to you? What is it that you need to learn? And then from there, we tapped into um, different organizations and different uh, teachers and staff members. Uh, so for example, for our parents, uh, it was very important for them to know about mental health, especially right now during the COVID-19, uh, the pandemic. Um, so we, uh, we tapped into our student well-being program um, and the student well-being program uh, had workshops for parents and they had student interns uh, who worked collaboratively with their parents to teach them um, something important in regards to mental health. Um, and then from there, they created videos in both English and Spanish to share with their EL parents. Right? Um, another way that we tapped in was through um, our support services team um, that also did a lot of workshops on um, you know, instruction in the classroom, um, what the efforts that the, the teachers are doing right now to communicate with students, um, and that was one of the most important things for parents uh, because of the, the miscommunication between the teachers and the, uh, the parents. So that's been very helpful. I think that another thing that's worth mentioning here is that um, as we, we generated a list of resources that the parents needed, uh, we looked around at what we had, the existing structures. And if we needed, if the parents needed information about special education, we contacted the director of special education and we invited that person as a guest speaker to come and talk mm -hmm. to the parents. Mm -hmm. If we needed uh, support for mental health, we tapped into our student services. It, we wanted the parents to find out about the, the financial support that the district was getting in terms of remote learning. So we invited the, the assistant superintendent of fiscal services to come and do a very quick uh, and short um, summary of the district budget. So that's that's what we mean by tapping into our existing resources and not necessarily recreating the wheel if it's not needed. Yeah, and through all that, you're building connections. You're probably building trust and goodwill in the program that you've started. I mean, people mm -hmm. who are experts in things, I mean, look at what's happening now. You don't. Have, I mean, you didn't have to come on and do this, but you're excited about what you did, so you are. It's the same internally, right? There's people who are experts and you're bringing them together. 
And Elba, as you were speaking and Francisco, as you followed up, I was thinking, I mean, a lot of this is like project management, right? I mean, it's really like getting everything organized, knowing what your resources are, tapping into them, and then building relationships. I mean, it seems like a lot of the work is knowing what you have in the district. I'm curious to know just briefly, like, how much did you have to learn about the services in your district in order to do this? And how much did you already know beforehand? You're smiling, Elvis. I feel like there's a, there's a good answer here. Yes. Um, so actually, this is only my second year as a district categorical counselor. Um, so it's been a learning pro uh, progress uh, for not only myself, but for Francisco, who's also uh, new to his, to his um, position and for our parents. Um, so we're learning as we go. Um, we don't have all the answers and um, we don't expect to. And so um, we're, we're just trying to, you know, whatever the parents are asking, if we don't know it, then we look for the resources or we just, to, we just make it, you know? And so- We ask a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I bet you're it's learning like, a lot in the process, yeah. yeah. Like Elvia said, I mean, I started in July, uh, July 1st of uh, 2020, and we started the program in August, right? I love it. That sounds yeah, very so. sounds very familiar. That's how uh, <laughs> that's how good things happen. You can't be afraid to take some risks. Hi everyone, I'm Teddy Rice, president and co-founder of Elevation. The Highest Aspirations podcast was created to keep you informed and inspired around the issues that matter most to the students you serve. We'd love the opportunity to talk with you about how we can help strengthen your EL program. Reach out to us anytime at info at elevationeducation.com to set up a time to chat. Now, back to highest aspirations. Um, and speaking of like taking risks, I don't know if this is a risk or something you had to do, but the Elba, this whole project started uh, remotely. Uh, you got it off the ground in the height of the, the pandemic. Um, a lot of people did things like this. A lot of people took risks and did different things, which which is, I think has have provided some silver linings to this whole experience we've had over the last year. Curious um, how that affected the rollout and maybe more importantly, are you planning on changing anything once uh, you know things go back in person? I know you're slowly doing that now, you're kind of bringing students back and teachers as well, but what's the plan moving forward? Okay, um, so, so yes, yeah, so um, with COVID-19, we were a little hesitant at first because we weren't really even sure how to use Zoom at the beginning of this whole pandemic. Yeah, nobody um, was. <laughs> Um, but we started off as consultation meetings um, that later turned into, um, you know, the parent-mentor program. And um, it, it just, it became something that, that became more of a necessity, you know? So from something that was maybe something that could work, it became into something that parents really needed. Um, and so we, we have had some conversations with some of our parent-mentors. Um, it all depends on the new cohort that we're going to be having but we do foresee that we're gonna have a combination of both in-person and virtual meetings, uh, just depending on you know, their schedules. Uh, most of our parents do have to work. Um, and so doing the virtual has actually really helped us um, in that sense. So that great is, that now those options are are in place, that people have the experience now with Zoom and the remote. And, and many of them, as you mentioned, have a really positive experience with it. And teachers as well, who are like, I don't have to drive across the district to go to a PD. You know, I could do it online. What a great option to have those um, to have those options as you move forward and know that people are ready to to uh, to, to, you know, to take advantage of them. The other thing, uh, Steve, that we wanted to do is we wanted to take advantage of something that people might perceive as an obstacle, something like remote learning and distance learning, right? Uh, and 
um, use that to our advantage. Uh, to this day, we have yet to meet with the parents in person. Everything that we've done has been virtual. Uh, so rather than avoiding something that's scary new and something that needed to change, we embraced it and we just run with it. How great is it going to be to actually meet people in person though? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we can't wait. They cannot wait to have a, a get together and celebrate all their oh, I hope that happens sooner than later <laughs> in a safe way. Okay. We're, we're starting to talk about parents and I think that's an important component of this. And and you both and I have been talking about, can you know, maybe we can get one of the parent mentors on the podcast to talk about their perspective. But between now and then to kind of give people a sample of what is happening, I told you that, um, I told listeners that uh, I learned about this program through an article in EdSource. Um, it highlighted the program. And I want to reference one of the quotes in there. I'm going to read it. It referenced um, a gentleman by the name of Juan Ramirez. Um, mm -hmm. And the quote says, um, he always went to parent meetings for his children, but became more involved in their education once his two oldest entered high school. He began attending workshops and meetings organized by the district and California High, the Whittier Union School District that his children attended. He wanted to help increase their chances of going to college, which he never attended because he worked to support his four children. How has this program, uh, oh, that's the end of the quote, sorry. And so my question <laughs> is, how has this program um, helped parents like like Juan Ramirez ensure their children have access to higher education, which I think was a key component of it? Well, we wanted, you know, one of the very first things that we wanted to do was to, um, or our mission and vision is to close the achievement gap specifically of our English learners. So, Back to the mission and vision. I love it. That's right. And um, and what better way to than to empower uh, parents with education or learning, right? Because learning and education is the key. Learning is power. And the more informed you are, the more power you have. So the first thing that we do is we provide them with, with um, ways that they can learn themselves to navigate through our uh, district and our system, our educational system in the United States and in our district. We also provide them information and access, how, how they can access themselves. Um, and I think that helping them help themselves is really important. But how to access, uh, access the district resources and the resources in the community, right? So if you empower the parents and they're able to understand how the system works, and now they know how to tap into the existing resources, then they're going to be empowered to make that change and to really help themselves. But I think that the biggest aha for us has been the fact that we started with the idea or the mission and the vision of the student, because we wanted that student to achieve academically and to be successful in college and in their careers. But the other day we had a parent meeting with the mentors and the parent mentors, and they, they still want to continue to support their, their students, but now they are interested in helping themselves. So they were asking us, when we asked them, what else do you need? What else would you like to know about? What are the resources? And, and they were telling us, right, Elba, they were saying, uh, I want to learn how to get my GE diploma, my general education diploma. I want to learn how to get a certificate uh, for secretaries. Uh, so now the, 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 the parents have turned their attention to, to themselves and to personal growth. It's that's great, and it's a great lead into the next question that I had for for Elba, which is, and, and Francisco, you just got into it a little bit. You know, obviously, parents and community members are providing a great service to the district by doing this. They're amplifying messages that you want to get across. And Francisco, you just started to mention some of the things that parents are getting out of it that they want to learn. 
Elba, I'd love for you to expand on that. What else um, do you feel like uh, parents are, are getting out of this, the people who are involved? Um, and, you know, and I'll use Mr. Ramirez as an example. Uh, he, um, he had always been going to meetings. Uh, he's always been supportive of his parents. However, um, the, the support that he needed was for us to break down all the concepts so that they were easily understandable. And I think this is what our parent mentor program does. So it's not just about giving you the information. It's, it's about making sure that it's broken down so that they understand it and they can explain it to somebody else. Yeah. And so um, with, with that, uh, a lot of our parents have gained a sense of empowerment, um, mm. a sense of gaining new skills and understanding the services uh, that are offered on campus. Um, and for others, just like Mr. Francisco said, um, there has been a shift in only wanting to focus on their students to wanting to focus on themselves. Um, so right now we do have um, one parent who wants to get their GED. We have three that are trying to do the high school equivalency. Um, we have one that's going to be enrolling for uh, secretary work. Um, and then we have several others uh, that are looking into taking community college classes. Um, and hopefully gain employment either with the district or or somewhere else. It's amazing in so many ways. I mean, yes, no doubt that the parents are are now doing something for themselves, which is a beautiful thing. And it's shifted from, as you mentioned, just providing support for their students to wanting to do something for themselves. But what a great message they're sending to their to their kids who are younger and who see the value in education that their parents are actually going out and doing something. And not only that, but that you all and your district is supporting them. I mean, that message uh, is is one of of hope. It's one of trust, um, and it's really what we want to get across to families, right? I mean, that's really amazing. That and also the fact that uh, now they can relate to the educational experience that their students, their own students, uh, right. are having. Because when the the student is frustrated because they can't get online or the hotspot's not working, they've already gone through that when they're trying to put together a project and they have a deadline, the parents, uh, part of the pro program was for them to put their own program, I mean, their own their own PowerPoint presentations yeah. that they, they would use for other parents. So they in turn have become students and now have that common language that, um, that they can use to relate to the experiences that the students are having as they are going through high school. Yeah, great exercise and empathy on both sides, right? For sure. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of let's talk about. I mean, I said at the beginning how this is is replicable, uh, and hopefully throughout this conversation, people who have who've been listening can kind of see and are maybe thinking, or right, how can we do this in our district? But let's talk about what the first step would be. What what would you recommend a school or district um, do? What's the first step for getting a, a program like this? off the ground. I know it's really multifaceted, but if we could simplify it in any way, what is your recommendation? Because you've done it successfully and it continues. Francisco always likes to say, just do it. Just like Nike, <laughs> just get it done, get it started. Um, but, but for me, it's, it's just talk to your parents, talk to your parents to figure out what is it that they need? Um, what do they not understand that they wish that they did? And then take it from there. You know, um, you, you can't necessarily expect to have you know, your workshops for the entire year or even six months because things change as we noticed this year. Um, so start with- Well, Elba wanted them at the very beginning when we started. <laughs> he had a, she had a list of all the things she was going to do with her parents. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, I had a whole year worth of, of lesson plannings and a syllabus. Curriculum, yes. Curriculum. 
Um, and, and it changes, you know, and especially with, with building connections uh, with other people on campus, um, they want to join in on the fun. And, and this is something completely new. And so you have to be open to the idea that things can change and it's okay. So. Yeah, I would add that um, it's important to just listen to the parents, uh, get, get them together, brainstorm a list of um, needs that they have. Uh, then once you have that list, look at your existing resources, match them together with your district's mission and vision, and, and then run, run with it. It's, it's that simple. It, it wasn't um, something extra, uh, extra, extra difficult that Elba had to do. We literally just met with the parents. We did consultation meetings. We generated a list of topics that the parents wanted to learn about. And then we put a, a three-month program. We met weekly on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Um, once a week for three months. And then we did, I think that what they cannot forget is to celebrate. Because uh, for some of our parents, the graduation ceremony and the diploma that we gave them, the diploma of completion, is probably the first diploma that they've ever gotten or the, the only diploma they're gonna get throughout their career. So to them, it's almost like a high school or a bachelor's degree, right? That's a really so great point. Uh, everything that they do is um, voluntary. They, they get no compensation, monetary compensation whatsoever. So the only thing that we could do was uh, to show that we value their, their efforts was to, um, to celebrate them and to uh, publish what they were doing. And that's, yeah. that's how the podcast and then the newspaper articles and the television uh, news uh, press release have come about. Right. Yeah. And again, hopefully we can interview a parent or two to talk about what, what we're doing that more to come on that. Um, and it's not like I'll add one thing. It seems like from the brief conversation that we've had, Francisco and Elba, you both, you have maybe different ways of approaching things. And maybe that's a beneficial. It sounds like Francisco is more like me where it's like, let's just try this thing and we'll figure it out as we go. And Elba with her curriculum and everything all set up. I mean, that's a yin and yang situation that you need, right? I mean, that's important. So yeah, I, I did mention that, you know, we, we just got together and put the list and then we ran with it, but there were many, many hours behind the scenes that Elba and I, I we're still doing it because now we're looking at meeting with the parents during the summer and having a summer retreat so that we can come up with our next steps for our next cohort of parent mentors, right? Uh, so there's a lot of planning that goes into it behind the scenes, but then at some point we just said, you know what, let's just do it. Great, amazing. Well, I have two more questions and they're questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Um, one, and Francisco, you mentioned a book at the beginning of when we, before we started to hit record today, I was going to ask if there's a book or resource that's inspired you either professionally or personally, I think, and you're showing it to us. Tell us what that book is and why and how it's inspired you and how it's related to this conversation. Well, you know, when, when I first met Elba and I found out all the wonderful things that she was doing, uh, I've been in at least five or six different districts and I've never come across a a counselor that was dedicated to supporting the needs of English learner parents. And um, she was doing wonderful things, but there was, there was only one Elba. And I told her, you know, I remember reading this book, it was called The Multiplier Effect. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could take Elba and multiply Elba? And that's how the idea also came about uh, a parent mentors, because we thought if we're able to, teach 
parents. And who better to, to um, get other parents involved than parents themselves, right? That's why we thought about the parents. If we're able to get parents who want to do this, who are volunteering to do this on their own, they came and told us we would like to be able to help others um, and then instruct them and teach them on some of the things that the other parents might need. Then we're in essence uh, having a multiplier effect because now we don't have one Elba, we have 11, we have one Elba plus 11 parent mentors who are being guided through Elba and the district office, the categorical programs district office to go and help other parents in all of our uh, seven different high schools. I can't think of it. I mean, nobody's mentioned that book, The Multiplier Effect. But for an educator, uh, everybody is familiar with this, with the, you know, the situation where I just wish I could clone myself or someone else that I could have. So that might be a really interesting read. We'll put that on the show notes and a link to it as well. Thanks for sure. mentioning that book. Um, last question. How can people learn more about the work you're doing? We'll put the link to the article um, that, that we've referenced a few times. Um, but how else might people learn a little bit more about what you're doing with this program? So we do have an Instagram page um, that uh, we can definitely share with you. So you can also add that uh, to the resources. Um, you could also go on to our website uh, for the district. Um, and lastly, you can always contact us via email. If they want to uh, learn about how to replicate, uh, we, we do have a Google Doc that we share with a lot of our um, you know, outside uh, sources, community sources, uh, and we can share that with you too. Great. Well, we will link to all of those things uh, so that you don't have to say them sort of out loud. Nobody will remember, but we'll, they'll be on our on the blog post and on the show notes because those are great, uh, great resources. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who, I mean, this is, this is, um, it's not necessarily like a novel idea, but it's one that people just haven't really implemented in many places. And I think I give you a lot of credit for for sort of diving in and building the plane as you fly it, but also being organized and passionate um, enough to get all the elements together. Because um, I think it's 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 really unique, but hopefully something we'll see more of in the future. Um, and with that, I want to thank both of you so much um, for your time and the work that you're doing, and and more to come. Hopefully, we'll get one of the parent mentors on to uh, to describe the the, with the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And Steve, you know, one of the things that we try to do with this program is to evolve and, and change the program as uh, the need arises. And one of the projects that we have is that for next year, we have been contacted by almost 11, 11 different districts uh, in California, in Georgia, and other states in, in the U.S. Um, but uh, one of the things that we are doing is we're actually packaging this, this program and we will be presenting it at the California Association of Bilingual Educators, March of 2022. And the idea is that as other districts replicate the program, we will all come together at that conference in San Francisco next year. And hopefully we'll be able to share our story, but also how our story was replicated by other districts. Uh, so there is definitely more to come. Well, with any luck, I will be at Cave 2022 in San Francisco and we can meet, wait for it, in person. Imagine right. that, a conference. <laughs> so I typically go to those events. So I, I, I will I will definitely make sure that I try to save the date for that one because I'd love Just to Just get ready for getting a lot of hugs because our, our parents are huggers. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. So they, they can't wait to get together themselves to start hugging each other. And, That's not a bad and thing. Celebrating. I'm okay with that. Even if you're ever in the area, please come visit, come say hello. I would love to. Any excuse I have to come to Southern California, 
I'm in New and Hampshire. For the, any listeners, you know, there's always the old-fashioned, uh, good old-fashioned telephone. Uh, we do answer phones, and uh, most of my conversations with the districts that have contacted us started with an email, but then we ended up with uh, having an actual either a, a Zoom meeting or a telephone conversation. So we're more than willing to help and support uh, any district that wants to replicate it. Uh, if we're able to to uh, impact a group of parents in another district, uh, I think we've done what we wanted to do uh, at the very onset of uh, of our um, um, project. Well, much appreciated. And hopefully this conversation did uh, a small part in amplifying um, the work that you're doing. So once again, really appreciated. Uh, Francisco Mesa, Elba Solis, thank you so much for the work you're doing. Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. That's it for this episode of Highest Aspirations. But before we go, here's this week's teacher shout out. Hello, my name is Courtney from Boston, Massachusetts, and I want to thank Ms. Roach in Cambridge at Cambridge Renzen Latin High School, who always pushes the boundaries of her curriculum to provide lessons that are not only inclusive and relevant, but also fun for her students every day. She goes above and beyond, and I want to thank her for all her hard work. To submit your shout out, go to elevationeducation.com slash ELL community. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.